Hi, everyone, and welcome to GEM's second podcast in our self-care series. I'm Audrey. And I'm Hannah. Please welcome Dr. McNeil, a board-certified dermatologist at Newport Beach Dermatology and Plastic Surgery. So to start us off, what inspired you to pursue a career in dermatology? I was inspired more to pursue a career in medicine. Um, after you know undergrad and learning a lot about science, but then knowing I wanted to help people, I decided to pursue a career in medicine, kind of like combining my strengths with um, combining my strengths with something I enjoyed, which was like working with other people and still talking with other people and not just being a science researcher. Um, but then I learned more about dermatology later. It was, it was really hard actually to decide what specialty to pursue. But um, as my medical training went on, I really realized that I like doing a lot of procedures and, you know, um, doing something physically that really sort of helps transform things for people. And so I found that dermatology really did that because I was able to do, you know, surgeries, procedures, lasers, all these kind of things that really make a difference in people's lives, um, sort of like with immediate feedback. And um, I found that that really jived with me well, too. As you may know, GEM is geared towards teenagers, many of whom struggle with or have struggled with acne in the past. What do you have to say about teenage acne, and do you have any advice to our listeners? I do have advice. I struggled with acne a lot, so I wasn't exposed to a dermatologist until I was in medical school, Um, so I was already, you know, sort of in my early 20s. And I wish I had seen a dermatologist earlier. I, I don't know, sort of didn't know it was available. Um, so I just kind of accepted my acne and tried lots of things I saw at the drugstore and things like that. But I didn't know that there was, you know, cures for acne, you know, um, things that could treat it. So I really do wish that I would have seen a dermatologist earlier. One of the things that drew me to dermatology, going back to your first question, was that there's procedures and things you can do that that will completely eliminate acne and will eliminate acne scarring too. So that was, you know, part of the attraction to the to the entire career for me because I had First of all, I had a lot of acne, but I also had a lot of acne scarring. And so so I was able to reverse the acne and the acne scarring. But the goal, getting back to what your question is now, for teenagers who are struggling with acne, is to try to treat it before it leads to scarring. Because scarring is actually much harder to treat than the active acne itself. And um, there's lots of treatments for active acne. You know, there's stuff you can buy at the drugstore, first of all, then there's the topical and oral treatments that we can prescribe. There's laser treatments for active acne. Um, There's lots of things depending on the type of acne. So I guess I would encourage anybody struggling with acne that it doesn't respond to sort of the basic things you can buy at the drugstore like benzoyl peroxide or Differin. I would encourage them to see a dermatologist because there's always a way to get rid of acne. Like always, we can always cure acne. It's actually, you know, not all conditions can we cure, but acne is one that we can cure. So I would encourage anybody still struggling with it to see a dermatologist because there's lots of options. Yeah, that's great. Um, 
Could you tell us a bit about your skincare routine that you try and do in the mornings and at night? I can tell you what I do for sure is every morning, wash my face with a gentle cleanser. I don't think the cleanser has to be anything fancy or specific at all besides it just being a gentle cleanser, nothing harsh or um, scrub or anything like that. Just like super gentle cleanser like Cetaphil or CeraVe have nice gentle cleansers. And then a nice moisturizer with sunscreen for every single morning. And like high school, that's when you for sure want to be using sunscreen every day by the time you're in high school. Because, you know, a lot of people think they're not out in the sun that much, but you really are if you add up, you know, even just five minutes here and five minutes there, that cumulative sun over the course of the day, it really makes a big difference as far as how your skin is. Even like now during your sort of high school, I would definitely encourage a moisturizer with sunscreen every morning. That's what I certainly do. And high school is a good time to start that habit. And then at night, again, very similar gentle cleanser. It doesn't matter what kind. And then I always use some kind of retinol and moisturizer. And getting back to the acne, a retinol cream is really good for acne, but it's good like in my age group too, because it's good for anti-aging and wrinkles and stuff like that. So getting in the habit of using a retinol at night is really good. There's one called Differin that's available over the counter now. It used to be a prescription and that treats acne, but it's good for like just brightening your skin and everything. So I always use different at night and I recommend it for the teenagers, but then it can be drying. So like a nice rich moisturizer over that, like CeraVe lotion. I like that brand CeraVe because it's, it's available over the counter, but it's really good. It's really hydrating and rich and calming for your skin. So that's another good one that is readily available and works really good for moisturizing the skin. That sounds great. I know for me, I have to put on sunscreen in the morning. Do you know what sunscreen you actually use with like the moisturizer in it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the, there's a couple of things about sunscreen that I like to point out is that you always want to look for a sunscreen that has a mineral based sunscreen. So like one with zinc oxide or titanium dioxide is always going to be the best protection from the sun. And then there's lots of them that are like sunscreen combined with moisturizer because that's a good, easy, like everybody could do that in the morning, you know, put that on. There's a brand called Elta MD and that's the one that I use in the mornings. It's just like UV lotion or UV clear. They have different ones, but they all have zinc oxide and they're moisturizing and they're just like a nice, easy thing to do every morning. So that's the brand I always recommend. It's called Elta MD, and it has a zinc oxide sunscreen, and then it's moisturizing at the same time. What cleanser do you use? You were talking about a really gentle cleanser. We're just curious. There's two that I use. I kind of alternate between them personally, but one's um, from our practice that's called antioxidant cleanser. And then there's another one that you can get at the drugstore that's that same brand called CeraVe. Um, it's C-E-R-A-V-E. And they have that at like CVS and Rite Aid and stuff. And they have like moisturizers and cleansers. So CeraVe is another good gentle cleanser that's good for morning and night. Okay, great. That's really informative. And then next, what products or routines do you recommend to middle school students that are just starting to get into skincare? It really depends on if they're starting to get acne or not. You know what I mean? Like if they're sort of 
before the acne stage, then all they could use is the CeraVe cleanser and the sunscreen, and that's it. I mean, you really don't need much more than that if you're not getting acne. But then if the acne is starting, then you could still use that same cleanser, the CeraVe cleanser. But then at night, you would add either the different gel or there's another one that's just called benzoyl peroxide gel. Benzoyl peroxide is like a common treatment for acne. So it's a benzoyl peroxide gel and then moisturizer on top of that. And then what are your favorite skincare tips? There's a few. I would say, well, one tip is actually like what not to do. So a lot of people like they feel like, oh, I want my skin to be like really glowy or bright. So they like exfoliate it a lot, like with scrubs or different things like that. But a lot of times that just causes inflammation. And then if there's inflammation, you actually get more acne. So it's better to not do scrubs much at all. Like scrubs are okay once a week, but you don't want to do them all the time or it actually just causes inflammation and causes the opposite of just redness and irritation and things like that. So I would say to minimize the scrubs and then you know, it's a trend, but it's a good trend to do these masks. You know, mask treatments are really good for the skin. These paper masks, they generally have lots of really good moisturizers, like hyaluronic acid and ceramides you can buy. There's lots of different brands available, but these paper masks that they have the moisturizers in them and then sort of like a paper that just sits on the surface of your skin and you can leave it on for 10 to 15 minutes and then just take it off. But having that paper over the surface of your skin really helps to drive in all those emollients that that make your skin really like hydrated and glowy. So um, I like that trend of the masks because it really does drive in all that moisturizer and make the skin a lot more glowy and healthy without being, you know, irritating in any way. So those would be sort of two tips would be like avoid the scrubs but then if you want to do something that's like a little extra for your skin make it look really good like you know you have something coming up that night or the next day do a mask for a couple of nights in a row there's lots of brands available but they're all very similar to each other you can just put on a mask one of these paper masks leave it on for 10-15 minutes and then just wipe it off it really drives in product and makes you get a way better result than you could from just putting on any kind of like lotion. So I have a quick question. I've personally <laughs> used Differin in the past, the retinol, and I've had the problem with dry skin and peeling after that, but mm-hmm. some lotions were just a bit too irritating, including CeraVe for me. Is there any products that you recommend or routines or treatments in order to prevent that peeling and make the transition into retinol more easy? That's a great question. So we call that retinizing the skin. It's like adapting your skin to using a retinol. And Differin is actually one of the more mild ones. There's whole like cascade or like strength of retinols that you could get to. And Differin is one of the more mild ones, but still it can be really irritating as you experience. So there's a few tricks you can use to get your skin retinized, to get your skin to adapt to using, you know, some form of a retinol. And you did like the one that we commonly say is like, well, use your different, but then use CeraVe or something like that on top of it. But sometimes even that is too much. So if I'm starting someone with really sensitive skin on a retinol, 
we'll say, first of all, you just use it twice per week. You use it Monday and Friday, and that's it. And you put on your moisturizer first, and then your retinol on top of it. It doesn't decrease the effectiveness of it, but it allows it to be absorbed in a more gentle way. So you would use your moisturizer like CeraVe. It could still be CeraVe, but you put on that first, and then you put your different on top. And you only do it two days a week for the different at first. You could apply it really generously, but still only two days per week, like Monday and Friday. And then after um, two weeks, you can increase it to three days a week. And then after two more weeks to four days a week, and you slowly try to get to it as often as you could use it. And some people can only use it like four days a week, and that's it. And they have to stop there, and that's okay. But most people, if they slowly increase it, will be able to get to where they could use it five days a week, hopefully every night, hopefully seven days per week. But not everybody could get there. But even if you get to like four days a week, that's still pretty good. You know, you'll still get a lot of benefit from that. So I would say you apply the moisturizer first and then the different on top if you're really sensitive. There's lots of studies showing that that does not decrease the effectiveness. And then just use it less frequently at first and slowly increase the number of days per week that you use it. And generally that makes a big difference. Separate from that, some people will literally just use Vaseline as their moisturizer. Like if they get that thing where they get too dry, like they get almost like chap feeling, you literally just put Vaseline on as your moisturizer and it's really calming. And then, and then skip your different for a few days and then try to get back to it. Next, when do you believe it is a good age to start focusing on a skincare routine? Well, I would say it depends on what your routine is. So even from elementary school or from a young age, you want to just be in the habit of wearing just a sunscreen in the mornings. But um, so that's like the most basic skincare routine. But then around 12, 13, 14, is when often the acne will start happening. And then that's when you really want to get in more of a routine of washing your face both morning and night, and then using one of those products for the acne breakouts. So I think that all you really need to do before that is wear a sunscreen every morning, unless you have some skin condition like eczema or something like that, where you have to be doing certain moisturizers and things, then most people are fine just doing a sunscreen every morning until they're 12 or 13. Yeah, that sounds great. What are some of your favorite affordable skincare brands? I know you mentioned CeraVe and maybe some of your like favorite face mask brands. I would say there's a few that are good skincare brands that you could just buy at the drugstore. So I could talk about sunscreen for like two hours because I think that's really the most important part. So just to talk about like sunscreen specifically when you're at the drugstore and picking which one you always want to pick them up and like literally turn it around and look at where it says the active ingredients. And some of them will say homosalate, avobenzone, you know, all these chemical sunscreens. And those are the ones you want to avoid. You want to pick the ones when you turn it around and you go to that little active ingredient section, you want it to say zinc oxide, titanium dioxide, those are the mineral sunscreens, and those are going to be the best protection. But even within each brand, like some will have that and some won't. So if you're looking at Neutrogena on the front, it'll always say Neutrogena. And if it says pure screen, then that's the ones with the zinc or the titanium, and that's the good kind. But if it says Neutrogena Helioplex, 
that's their blend of chemical sunscreens, which are okay. They'll protect you against getting sunburned, but they're not as good at preventing the longer um, wavelength rays that contribute to more like aging and skin cancer and things like that that we're also trying to avoid. Probably most people listening to this are Southern California people where it's like we're getting sun year round. It's a lot more sun here than the rest of the country and a lot of the rest of the world. So it's like really important to have really good sun protection every day. So I would say it's really important. Like if you're getting Neutrogena, then look for that one that says pure screen where it's the mineral sunscreen. And then Aveeno brand has really good sunscreens too but some of them are not. So they have a similar thing, or I'll say mineral block if it's a Vino brand, and then that's gonna be their good sunscreen. So it's always gonna be the ones that say something like mineral or pure, and it says zinc oxide and titanium dioxide. Those are always gonna be the good sunscreens, but like which brand it is isn't, isn't quite as important as long as that's the active ingredient. And then as far as other things, like other brands of readily available products, like for moisturizers specifically, I do like the CeraVe, like I mentioned, because they have the good cleansers, but they also have good moisturizers. And then I really like Aveeno because most of their products are really calming, like they call it oatmeal based, but it's really calming to the skin. And a lot of us that are really active, either from sports or just getting a lot of sun, or you're using these acne treatments, your skin can get dry and irritated. And the Aveeno ones with the, with the, um, oatmeal tend to be really calming. And then the mineral block sunscreens, are those the one that leave the white cast? Like, are those better? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I would say even three or four years ago, mineral sunscreens, yes, were totally like would leave you with a white sheen on your skin and were cosmetically not that great. But there's been a really good, I would say like progress in the technology of sunscreen or like the formulations of sunscreen where now there's lots that don't leave that. And then as far as um, other ones that are zinc or titanium, usually the ones that are tinted are the, the ones that go on cosmetically nicer and they tend to be more expensive. Like if you go to the drugstore and you just get like the Neutrogena your screen, yes, it's going to be kind of white. And so that's why you'll see all these other sunscreens that like you go to the dermatologist and they sell a sunscreen, but it's like $70 or something. But there's a reason it's like, it's a mineral sunscreen, but it's got like a nice tint to it where it goes on really, really sheer or just like blends with your skin color really well. And that's why we always recommend them. They're more expensive, but they do go on a lot more nicely. So like brands that have that, one is the Elta MD again. That's why dermatologists always recommend that one. They have tinted ones and sheer ones that are zinc. And then another brand called Priori that has really nice sort of tinted sunscreens. Um, There's another brand. Well, Color Science has liquid ones as well, like cream ones that have like a nice light tint, but they're mineral sunscreens. Literally at my office, we, I mean, we have lots of skincare for sure, but then we have like a whole nother wall that's just like all mineral sunscreens because you have to pick the one that's best for you. If you're like really active and you don't like the sunscreen to get in your eyes, then we have ones that are better for that or like ones that really won't look white at all, like what your concern is, Audrey, 
for ones that are really moisturizing, things like that. So there's like so many to choose from, but it all depends on like sort of what your preferences are. Yeah, I know I need to use mine more, but I personally also like the color science where it's like a powder because Mm -hmm. like I'm naturally a little bit tanner. So when I put on like the white sunscreen, it's definitely like a different coloration for me, but I totally like love the powder sunscreen. Yeah, color science has lots of different shades too. So Mm -hmm. you get the right shade for you. But and then they have liquid sunscreens too that are the mineral. So you should be able to get one that matches your skin tone really nicely. Thank you for sharing. So during this pandemic, many people have struggled with maskne or acne under and around where a mask sits on your face. And additionally, many people are experiencing this despite not having acne prone skin. What's your opinion on this and how should we prevent and manage this in the future? That's a great question. The maskne is definitely real. You know, I see like every day, certainly um, many patients that are developing rashes just just under their mask and it can be a variety of things um there's certainly one you know thing that's the most common cause of mask knee which is what we call a rosacea flare or perioral dermatitis and i'll certainly talk about that but it's not always that you know sometimes people are literally allergic to something that's in their mask or you know there's too much rubbing from for example i'll get rashes just on my nose because i wear a mask all day so uh, so it can be from rubbing. It can be that you're truly allergic to what's in your mask, some you know, dye or something that's in the mask. But the most common cause of mask knee isn't true acne. It's what we call perioral dermatitis or periorificial dermatitis. And it's a form of rosacea. So it's from the heat. You know, like if you have your mask on all day and you're breathing there, it's, there's sort of some heat that's trapped close to your skin and it causes rosacea. And Usually what maskne is, is these little bumps that they'll collect sort of right around the corners of the nose, like the openings of the nose. And then they'll collect like sort of right around the corners of the mouth, maybe skipping just on the lips, but just in the corners here. And they look like acne, but it's not really acne per se. It's what we call rosacea and it's an inflammation. And you treat it different than true acne, like true acne we use, like I said before, the benzoyl peroxide or the retinoid like differin. But if you use those on rosacea, it'll actually make it worse because <laughs> it kind of dries it out, makes it more inflamed. So if people have mask knee, we want them to avoid anything that will dry out the skin at all. So you have to avoid benzoyl peroxide. You have to avoid differin. You just want to use really calming skincare nothing that'll dry your skin at all. Like again, the CeraVe or the Aveeno are good for that. Or there's another brand called Aven that we have at our office. But it, again, it's just like sort of really calming skincare. And usually that'll work. Um, but if it's bad, like if it's really raised and bumpy all around the mouth and around the openings of the nose, there's oral rosacea treatments. Like one is called minocycline. It's an oral medication. Um, that we use or doxycycline for rosacea, but we use it for mask knee. And usually it works right away. You know, like if you take that for a week or two weeks, it'll usually clear it right up. But it is just from the heat of the mask. I don't know of any way to prevent that from happening. Like you have to wear your mask, you know, like it's the most important thing we can do right now. And any mask is going to trap in some heat. And so I guess it's more like if you do get it, don't use the benzoyl peroxide or the retinoid. You know, you want to kind of avoid that and use really calming products. 
Um, but if that doesn't quite work, then generally we do like oral um, antibiotic and it clears it right up. Yeah, thank you for those tips. Middle school is a common age that many preteens and teenagers begin to experiment with makeup, yet sometimes certain makeup may cause breakouts. What do you recommend to prevent breakouts while using makeup? For example, like what types of makeup are less likely to clog pores and what should makeup users do to ensure that they are removing their makeup entirely? Those are um, really good questions. I would say that, well, first of all, in the era that we're in with the masks, you don't want to wear much makeup under your mask. You know, we all take off our masks. Sometimes like we're all on a Zoom call right now, so we're not wearing our masks, but a lot of the day you're going to be wearing a mask and if you have makeup under your mask that's definitely going to trigger um, an acne breakout because that heat that's collecting like i was saying before is going to trigger a breakout but overall you know aside from the mask wearing i would say it's actually mostly a myth that wearing makeup is a big cause of acne so with the exception of like what we call pomade makeup, stage makeup that really has a lot of oils and greases, like, you know, what you're wearing if you're like a dancer on stage at Disneyland or, you know, a real performer that's wearing this really, really thick pomade makeup. Most makeup is not going to trigger acne. Most makeup is really non-comedogenic. And so as long as you're just washing it off at night before you go to bed, it's not going to be a big trigger of acne. Lots of people tend to get acne around the time when they start wearing makeup. But that's really just a coincidence that usually people start wearing makeup in their early teens or they start wearing makeup to cover their acne. So people will associate them. But generally, makeup is not a major um, trigger for acne. Of course, if you sleep with it on every night or something like that, that could trigger a breakout. So I always recommend your other point about making sure your makeup is removed completely in the evening. But that's really easy. You can wash with any gentle cleanser. It does not need to be soap-based. So first, a makeup remover wipe. Like Neutrogena has great makeup remover wipes. And then just wash your face with any gentle cleanser. It does not need to be soap-based at all. And that should completely remove your makeup. And really, I think that's all that's necessary. So, you know, if people have acne and they like wearing makeup, I all the power to them. You know, you keep wearing your makeup. I don't think makeup is a big trigger for acne. Perfect, that's really helpful. So next, could you please discuss the different skin types? Yeah, so there's different categories of skin types. Sometimes we'll judge skin types by acne prone or more eczema prone or more inflammation prone. So those are three big categories. And then other categories of skin types based on how oily your skin is, but I find the first grading scheme or whatever more useful. So that's like if you're eczema prone, means your skin in general is always very dry. And if you hadn't done any product or anything to your skin, it would feel dry and tight and you would want moisturizer. So that's eczema prone skin. And then another category is rosacea prone. So some people if they don't use any products at all on their skin, their skin is just always red. It get, you know, it gets bumpy. It feels um, inflamed, and that's rosacea-prone skin. And those are the people who are more prone to the maskne. 
even though anyone can get it. And then there's people that are just acne prone. And acne prone is really, I mean, people always want to find a reason that they have acne, like they blame it on their makeup or their food or whatever. And like I said, in some cases, acne can be from food or makeup, but usually it's just sort of your skin type and you inherited that or, you know, you're just acne prone. And so when people come in for acne, we're not always trying to find a cause of their acne. We're just trying to treat it for them because we don't, usually we're not going to find a cause. So I would say those are three common skin types and, and things I'm always looking for when I'm trying to like come up with, you know, how to improve people's um, skin uh, on their face, you know, when they're coming in for skincare recommendations. Thank you. And on to our last question, how should our listeners determine their skin type, such as oily, dry, and combination? And how should they adjust the routine based on this? That's a good question, too. I would say people who have oily skin, they hate it that it's always shiny and oily. But in general, I always say that's a great thing that your skin is oily because that means you'll be able to tolerate this retinoid very well and you won't get dry from it. And I'm always encouraging people to use a retinoid at night because it, first of all, it clears up acne, but it's also anti-aging. You know, it decreases fine lines and wrinkles and stuff like that. So you could start on that at a young age. It's really good for your skin for the rest of your life. So um, people have oily skin. I encourage them to start on a retinoid because it'll decrease the oil, you know, but it'll have all those other benefits for them. And then people with dry skin, they will know their skin is extremely tight. It can even be flaky, you know, like chapped looking in certain places. And so dry skin is much harder to manage, I think, than oily skin because dry skin, you're always trying to find like that moisturizer that's just going to calm it down and make it not drying. Like Hannah was saying earlier, she couldn't find something to like calm her skin down when it was so dry from the um, different. So dry skin feels very chapped and flaky. And the CeraVe is a good treatment for that, but also even Vaseline, like super rich emollients are gonna always be best for very dry skin. And then combination skin is a little bit harder because it just means it's like oily in some places and dry in others. But that just means you have to use some products in certain areas and some products in other places. Like a lot of people will get really dry skin just specifically around their eyes. So then that's okay. You can just use your really rich moisturizer just around your eyes. That's why there's so many eye creams that specifically formulated for the eyes because so many people have that problem of combination skin where it's really dry around the eyes and then more oily on the rest of the face. Then you would just use more of the oily skin products on the rest of the face and then those really rich moisturizers right around the eyes. So, you know, we're all just born differently and we have what we have to work with, but there's lots of good options for everybody with every skin type. Thank you so much, Dr. McNeil, for coming on today's podcast episode. We appreciate you talking to us, and we are so excited to share these tips with our audience. Thank you. It was a pleasure.